All right, what's going on, guys? It is Sunday night, and the Aztecs are 2-0. Maybe not the game you envisioned against Idaho State, but San Diego State is 2-0. Getting ready for UCLA Saturday at Snapdragon Stadium. So I figured we'd do a live show here tonight, trying to break down each and every football and men's basketball game for you here over the course of 2023-24. So if you are here, whether it's live or on replay, really do appreciate uh, your willingness to subscribe. I'd love it if you smash the like button. As well, you can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer, J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. Please feel free to interact in the chat. I'll pull some of the chat up throughout the course of the next 45 minutes or so. Robbie, appreciate you hanging out, and the red and black emojis as well. So if you're here, would love for you to interact. As, again, the Aztecs found a way. This was not easy on Saturday against Idaho State. Aztecs coming off a very impressive win against Ohio Taking on an Idaho State team that had not played. Remember the Aztecs a year ago against Idaho State won 38-7. Despite falling behind early, they scored 38 unanswered. But this, this was all new, really. New coaching staff for Idaho State. Something like 67 new players for the Bengals. And to their credit, Idaho State's credit, um, they you know gave San Diego State a game. Aztecs, by and large, led by two scores for most of the night, ended up winning 36 to 28. I think a lot of people came away from the game saying, well, if you can only beat Idaho State by eight points, how are you going to have a shot against UCLA? I I would, you know, before you tie the two together, I would remind Aztec fans that there have been other FCS opponents over the years that have given San Diego State trouble. I think there's two FCS opponents that have beaten the Aztecs within the last 15 years. Eastern Illinois was in there. Maybe Cal Poly was in there. Shoot, back in 2019, San Diego State, beat Weber State in the opener 6-0, remember that, before going to the Rose Bowl and beating UCLA at the Rose Bowl back in September of 2019, 23-14. So just because it wasn't pretty on Saturday doesn't mean it's not going to be pretty this upcoming Saturday against UCLA. Not to make excuses, that's really not the point. Um, Not to say it was a trap, it was only week two of the season. Uh, Not to say San Diego State couldn't have played better. They absolutely could have played better. If you heard Brady Hoke, Post game on San Diego Sports 760 or post game in his press conference at Snapdragon Stadium, he said, We've got a lot, of, lot to work on. I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, We have a lot to work on. In terms of what they need to work on, penalties 14 of them, uh, way too many. I think 138 penalty yards in the game for San Diego State, 14 penalties overall. Uh, additionally, San Diego State really could not get the passing game going. I don't know if they didn't want to put a lot on film for UCLA or if they just felt as if they should be having success running the football. I mean, Jalen Maiden had one of the best rushing games in the history of San Diego state for a quarterback going over 130 yards. In fact, it was a single game record for a San Diego state quarterback with 132 rushing yards, including a beautiful run in the second half. They went for, I think something like 60 or 64 yards to the house. So he had 132 yards on the ground. Martin Blake was very good. Keenan Christian, Jalen Armstead, Aztecs did put the ball on the ground again. Armstead with the second half fumble inside the red zone. San Diego State had a couple of chances to put this game out of reach, probably make it a three-score game. Really didn't do that. Gave Idaho State at least a little bit of life as late as probably the start of the fourth quarter before opening up that two-score lead. Idaho State would score late to make it a one-score game. San Diego State would recover an onside kick for the second consecutive week to win it again 36 228. So again, I think from a run game perspective, 300 yards is good. From a pass game perspective, Mark Redmond only a couple of catches. It felt as if Jalen Maiden never got comfortable throwing the football. If you looked at his 
you know, percentage. He threw for over, I don't know what it was, 65%, 13 of 19, but didn't even throw for 100 yards in the game. Now, defensively for San Diego State, I think there are some things you take away that are really encouraging. They've had six interceptions the first two weeks from five different players in the secondary. Six different interceptions. Easily could have had one or two more. Even yesterday, one was caught out of bounds on the near sideline. Um, the, the, you go back to the week before Marcus Radcliffe's interception, 103-yard return that was overturned on penalty. So San Diego State, you know, even without much of the benefit of the doubt, could easily have seven or eight interceptions on the season. Still, with all that being said, they've had six on the season. Now, also, San Diego State defensively did really well against the run on Saturday. I think they allowed like 30 or 35 rushing yards in the game. But Idaho State, to their credit, threw for 300 yards against the Aztec defense. So, again, is it all lost? No, I don't think it's all lost. I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to win the football game. And you have to be careful not to read too much about any individual game, especially against an FCS opponent that San Diego State literally had no film on. Um, okay, a couple of people are here in the chat. Again, if you're here, if you want to interact, you can comment. I'll try to get to some of the comments as they roll in. A wrap-up show on a Sunday night. San Diego State over Idaho State, 36-28. We're going to see the Bruins, UCLA in San Diego here on Saturday at 4.30. Tickets are available at goaztecs.com. So, Michael, thank you. He says San Diego State improved this game. Um, and then he followed up by saying, but do you really want a quarterback that runs for 100 yards a game? Thank you, Michael. Well, obviously, you know, Jalen Maiden is not going to be in a spot where he's capable of running for 100-plus yards each and every game. But I do think that there are opportunities for Jalen to use his athleticism, and he really did show that off on Saturday against Idaho State. Tuck it and run. He's an athlete, and he made a lot. He, In fact, he like outran the entire Idaho State defense on that second-half run that he took to the house, but he's an athlete. And oftentimes I think, and I forget who said this post game with, with Ben Fletcher, but he's so selfless. He's trying to get his teammates involved, right? He's trying to throw the football around. He's trying to, um, you know, get the balls out to the receivers and Makai Shaw, Brian Penny and Mark Redman and Jay Rudolph, where, you know, sometimes he maybe should take off more than he has over parts of, you know, his eight or nine starts, as an Aztec. With all that being said, I think he picked his spots pretty well on Saturday because he ran for 132 yards. That's a San Diego State record. And he didn't force anything. I think for the second consecutive week, what you got to really like about Jalen's performances, he made good decisions. He didn't turn the football over. Um, there was the one time where he held onto the ball just too long in the first half and was uh, strip sacked. But in terms of through the air, you know, he's made good decisions through the air the first couple of weeks of the year. And then when he's decided to run, um, he's really shown a strong ability to do that here, including this past weekend. So, again, is he going to run for 100 yards every single game? No. Is San Diego State going to need to pick it up in the passing game? Yeah, they will. Um, I think you have young receivers that still need to emerge. You're replacing some really talented receivers in Jesse Matthews and Tyrell Shavers. Um, I think you have some capable playmakers that are going to emerge. They've been able to get the ball to some tailbacks out of the backfield. Martin Blake had three receptions yesterday. Makai Shaw had a couple of receptions yesterday. Mark Redman was clearly a priority for Idaho State defensively. He had just two catches for something like 10 or so yards for the Aztecs yesterday. So Idaho State had some film on San Diego State. Aztecs didn't have any film on Idaho State. Again, it's not an excuse against an FCS opponent. You could say even with that being the case, San Diego State needs to find a way to put the Bengals away earlier than they did. So Aztecs, 
you know, fortunate to get out of there with a 36-28 win. And we'll see what they can build off of as they get ready for UCLA again on Saturday. Um, let's see here. Uh, Brett, thank you. He wants to know when was the last time San Diego State's starting quarterback did not throw for 100-plus yards against an FCS team. Well, I don't know what happened in 2019 in that opener against Weber State. Um, and I probably can't really pull it up while I do the show live, but I'm going to try because I'm kind of fascinated. San Diego State won that game 6 nothing in the opener August 31st, 2019. Let me try to get a box here. And Ryan Agnew in that game threw for 108 yards. Uh, 16 of 30, 3.6 yards per attempt, 108 yards. This is a game where San Diego State only ran for 130 yards. And yesterday they ran for over 300 yards. Um, in that game, there was not a receiver with more than 25 receiving yards for the Aztecs. So this is not a complete one-off. It isn't. Um, and again, that doesn't excuse necessarily the performance when you look at the penalties, inability to throw the football, some of the big chunk plays that Idaho State had through the air. Um, but with all that being said, I don't think anyone's going to look back and be concerned about the final score in this week one game, game two for San Diego State, if the Aztecs are able to put together a good season. I think what's really going to determine this season for San Diego State is these next four games. This is the teeth of the schedule. You've got UCLA at home, San Diego State, something like a 12 or 13 point underdog right now. This will not be easy. UCLA, by the way, did not have an easy time with Coastal Carolina last night either at the Rose Bowl. This was a one-point game in the second half, a one-score game in the fourth quarter. They ended up winning 27-13. They rotated between two quarterbacks, Ethan Garbers, the Washington transfer who played high school football with Mark Redman, and then Dante Moore, the highly touted five-star recruit who kind of came on in relief and made some big plays for UCLA against Coastal Carolina. It will be interesting to see who starts for UCLA. I'd be surprised if we didn't see both quarterbacks, both Garbers and Moore. So again, UCLA... You know, they were favored by something like 14 or 15 points. They struggled to win 27-13, and they will be, again, a, a fairly heavy favorite here against San Diego State at Snapdragon on Saturday. So you have that at home. Then you go to Corvallis. It will not be easy. Oregon State looked very good today against San Jose State on the road. Um, their quarterback, the transfer from Clemson, had five touchdowns in the game, I think three passing, two rushing. And then you come home for a Friday night against Boise State to open conference play. Boise didn't look good against Washington, but you know Boise's going to be competitive, obviously, in the Mountain West. And then week two in the league is a road game at Air Force, and Air Force, the Falcons, picked to finish second in the Mountain West here in 2023. Those are the next four. If you can split them, you're on your way to a really potentially a very good season. You know, even if you only get one of the next four games and you're three and three and you look at that second half schedule and if you can close five and one or better, you're still potentially looking at an eight or nine win season. But again, for me, it all hinges on these next four games. Can you get one against the Pac-12 opponents, UCLA or Oregon State? Won't be easy. Can you get one against either Boise State or Air Force? Also won't be easy if you can split and get one against the Pac-12 team, one against the Mountain West team, you've put yourself in position where you can head towards a Mountain West championship game. You can see it because you'd be one-on-one one against the top two teams in the preseason. You'd still have Fresno State at home, Fresno State coming off a win over Purdue, by the way, on Saturday in West Lafayette. But again, there's, there's so much football still to be played. What we need to see week in and week out is this team continuing to improve both offensively and defensively, special teams as well, by the way. But... I think a lot of what's going to happen this season will be determined in September over the next four weeks, um, including this game coming up Saturday, Snapdragon Stadium, nationally televised on CBS. 4.30 will be the kick time. 
Um, Robbie, thank you for uh, hanging out. Thank you for chiming in. Again, if you're here, year-round content for Aztec fans, football, men's basketball, and more. Men's basketball, by the way, honored on field. If you were there, you saw it. Getting the uh, Final Four ring ceremony. If you're here, please subscribe. Year-round content for Aztec fans. Uh, Robbie wants to know, uh, what has happened to Philippe Wesley? He was Jaden's favorite wide receiver in fall camp. You know, I want to say he was nicked up, and I don't know if he had snaps or not in week one. Um, and I correct me if I'm wrong. I thought someone had said he was nicked up and didn't appear in the Ohio game. That may have been the case as well here. And maybe they were saving him for UCLA with this being an FCS opponent. Nobody knew it would be as close as it was. Um, but that may be, you know, what has happened here with Wesley and hopefully they can get him back if he has not yet appeared on the field because they, they're needing some playmakers in the passing game. There's no question about that. They're going to need those to emerge. Um, whether it's the Balin Brooks, the, the true freshman, Makai Shaw, Breon Penny, hopefully Wesley. We've talked about Redmond and Rudolph, other tight ends, tailbacks out of the backfield. They're going to need some weapons to emerge in the passing game. There is no question about that. If San Diego State is going to go where everyone wants them to go this year, which would be to a Mountain West Championship game or to an eight or nine win regular season. Um, this is a good point from Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. He says, every year it seems to always come down to the Fresno State game. You know, you think back to last year, the opportunity that San Diego State had up in Fresno, the large lead late, Bulldogs come all the way back, recover an onside kick, really steal a game, and then it catapults them to a Mountain West championship, which is really incredible. And then they parlay that into a week one win with a brand-new quarterback. Jake Hayner's no longer there, but they got really good quarterback play on Saturday overcame a number of deficits, scored with a minute to play and held on, I think, for a 39-35 win at Purdue. And you look at the Fresno State schedule, they could be favored, depending on how they play. They could be favored in every game they play from now until they get to Snapdragon Stadium the final weekend of the regular season. I think that's Thanksgiving weekend in late November. They have Arizona State on the, on the road, but Arizona State really struggled to beat an FCS opponent in – Week zero, I want to say. Was it week one or week zero? I forget. It might have been Friday night. There was like a sandstorm. Uh, the game was halted for like an hour or two hours at halftime, and they won 24-21. I forget against whom. Um, but it was not an impressive win at all for Arizona State. So I don't think anyone would be surprised if Fresno State went to Arizona State and won. They get Boise State at home as well. And you know San Diego State, Fresno State has the, yeah, the possibility of really anything occurring. And again, San Diego State had Fresno State dead to rights last year and could not find a way to win that game. And it really changed the momentum of the season potentially for both of the, uh, both of the programs. We'll see what happens when they meet, you know, two and a half months from now, or even more than that at the end of November. Um, what's going on? Force ghost Fabio says, shout out El Cap rallying to beat La Jolla 28 to 24. So again, John Schaefer with you here on the wrap up show. Please subscribe. If you are here Aztecs take down Idaho state, they do so. 36 to 28. Uh, Tommy, thank you for the comment. Thank you for weighing in. He says, hey, John, next time you get JD on, can you ask him about attendance? These ticket prices are absurd. I wanted to go to the UCLA game, but two tickets after fees for decent seats are 400 bucks. Tommy, I was, I was just looking right now at Ticketmaster. There's no way two tickets after fees for decent seats are $400. You can get in for less than that. Because I was just looking, and I want to say there's tickets on there for before fees – $80 or less. So, and by the way, if you've been to Snapdragon, Tommy, and I presume you have, there really aren't bad seats. So if you can, if you can get in for 70 or 80 face, 
plus service fees. That means you can get two tickets for 200 bucks or less. And then there's secondary market as well. You can get in for $100 or less per ticket. And, it, and it's an important game. A couple of things. A couple of things. I had J.D. Wicker on the radio on March to kick off our pregame show yesterday, which J.R. Tolver. We have him every single week. Um, and he recognized um, some of the pricing structure with football. And I'm paraphrasing here, but said it is something that will be addressed. And with that being said, you know, talked about the fact that, you know, you're, you're talking about a $340 million investment in the stadium and you've got season ticket holders as well that have invested in this program. So I, I understand, I do understand some of the frustration when people say, you know, it's going to cost me $200 a ticket, or it's going to cost me $300 a ticket to get in the door. And while there are tickets priced at that threshold, there's also ways to get into Snapdragon stadium to see San Diego state for much less than that. Um, and again, you could go to Ticketmaster right now and um, find tickets for well under $200 per ticket. Um, but I think it's something they're aware of, Tommy, to your point. I think they're aware of it. I don't know if it's going to change automatically, like if you're going to see ticket prices lowered for the UCLA game or Boise State or Fresno State, or if it's more looking into the future, like 2024 and beyond. You have to recognize as well, I think San Diego State was pretty well positioned, they thought, to potentially get a Power 5 invite um, coming off this past year. And then nobody knew what was going to happen with the Pac-12. It literally just disintegrated. So that might impact pricing structure moving forward as well, depending on what happens for San Diego State, their opponents, and the league that they're playing in in 2024 and beyond. But obviously, you know, they see what people are putting on social media. I recognize that people tag me in it. Um, you got a brand new, gorgeous college football stadium, and tickets aren't going to be $10. You know, this isn't the queue anymore. And I think there's a balancing act there where you want to see. Uh, you want a good atmosphere and you want to see, you know, the stadium, you know, towards capacity. But in the same respect, you're not going to give tickets away when you've got thousands upon thousands of season ticket holders that are investing in San Diego State Athletics. So that's kind of my two cents on it. Um, you the next time I have J.D. Wicker on John and Jim, we can talk more about it. But he comes on every single week. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. He always joins an hour before the start of the game. So if you want to listen to San Diego Sports 760 at 330 on Saturday afternoon, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Um, but it is obviously a talking point, and I'm sure it's something that will be discussed uh, moving forward as well. Uh, Tom, thank you for hanging out here tonight. He says, when is the last time the Tex had a quarterback that put big yards? Feels like it's been forever. You know, it, it's interesting how people – What's what I'm noticing now, it's like it's not – here's what people are saying on social media. Correct me if I'm wrong. And this has been going on for a couple of years. This is my seventh season covering Aztec football. And San Diego State's won a lot of games in those last six years. And now even this year, 2-0. and And what I hear a lot is, yeah, they win, but it's not the style in which I want to see them win. But I always negate that or argue with that by saying, well, would you prefer to see them lose 45-40? Or would you prefer to see them win 20-10? to I mean, is there is there really any win in a loss? Sure, there could be an exciting game or two where people say, you know what, what a great game. It's unfortunate to be on the wrong side of that. But wouldn't you rather a 2021 season where you go 12 and two and you win with special teams and defense as opposed to a season like um, six and seven, but you're a top 40 offense in the country? Like, I'd prefer the the, the winning season to the six and seven season. Um, in terms of the last quarterback to put up real big passing yards, it would be the offensive coordinator for the Aztecs, Ryan Lindley. But Jalen Maiden in the final seven games last year, converting from safety to quarterback at the midway mark of the season, threw for 2,000 yards. Now, it's been a slower start through the air for him this year. Again, without the Matthews, without the Tyrell Shavers, right, these receivers, 
Um, I'm not even sure if he's thrown for 300 yards as of yet through two games. He hasn't, I don't believe. But I think Jalen Maiden is a capable thrower. Um, I think we'll see more from this offense. I think there was a lot of reason for encouragement coming out of the Ohio game based on the balance that they showed running the ball and passing the ball. We didn't see as much against Idaho State. They didn't open up the playbook. By and large, they wanted to establish the run. They were able to do that. They held the ball for, what, 35-plus minutes. Um, it wasn't the straight-line win you were hoping for. It wasn't jump out to a 14 nothing lead, you know, cruise to a 20-plus point lead in the second half and win it by 31 points. But then again, last year they beat Idaho State 38-7. And what did that really mean at the end of the day when San Diego State ultimately went 7-6? and six? So – I understand people want to see more offense, right? I mean, Brady Hoke understands it. Ryan Lindley understands it. Jalen Maiden wants to air it out. But in addition to more offense, I think at the end of the day, you need to win football games. And if San Diego State's able to beat UCLA 13-10 on Saturday, I think Aztec fans or most Aztec fans prefer that to losing 45-42 because the difference between losing and winning um, at that point, I mean, if you beat UCLA on Saturday, you're 3-0 and and you've got momentum. You have real momentum. And you're going to be receiving votes at the very least in the AP Top 25 if you're able to do that. Um, Brent, thank you for the comment. Guys, if you're here, please subscribe. You're on content for Aztec football and men's basketball fans. This is the wrap-up show. We're trying to do this following uh, as many football and men's basketball games as we can throughout the course of the upcoming school year. Brent says, really tough schedule coming up. I'd be thrilled to go 2-2 two and two through the next four games. So this is what we were touching on about 10 minutes ago. Brent, I'm not sure if you missed it or not. You know, I'm I'm with you. I mean, obviously, you get greedy if you get like, you know, the first two or you get two of the first three. Then you're thinking about getting a third win. But if you get the right two here, and by the way, I think any two are probably the right two. If you beat UCLA, Oregon State, great. Although you'd start 0-2 in the Mountain West, which wouldn't be ideal. It would be tough to get to a Mountain West championship game. If you lose to UCLA and Oregon State, but then beat Boise State and Air Force, that's probably, even though, you know, in the here and now, maybe not as desirable because you're losing the next two games. That's probably the best outcome in two and two because you're two and zero in the league and have a jump start on getting to a Mountain West Championship game with victories over the preseason number one and number two teams. And then there's the other way to do it, which is split against the Pac-12 teams, split against the Mountain West teams, and you feel like you've done enough to position yourself for potentially an eight or nine win regular season. But I'm with you. I think if you can win two of the next four. I think you could even argue if they get one of the next four and it's the right one, San Diego State is still capable of winning eight or nine regular season games. I think if they go two and two over the next four, I think the Aztecs are capable of winning nine or ten regular season games. I really do because I think the second half schedule really um, loosens up a little bit, right? Lightens up a little bit. Not not that it's going to be some guarantee or easy. I'm sure uh, it's I'm sure it's not going to be easy. I'm sure there'll be a close game or two in there for the Aztecs, but. You get to two and two over the next four, and you're four and two overall. And I feel like the Aztecs should feel pretty good about where they stand at the halfway point here in 2023. Uh, let's see, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of you know I, I watched um, Saturday's game um, at Snapdragon Stadium because I'm doing um, pregame and Ben Fletcher's doing halftime and postgame by and large here in 2023. And you know, my wife was at the game. I mean, I find it to be you know, really enjoyable in terms of watching college football. I don't know what you'd really want beyond Snapdragon Stadium. Um, I understand it. If you don't want to spend $200 for a ticket, that's understandable. Everyone has, you know, budgets. I do get that. But once you get into the stadium, I mean, you can stand on the concourse, um, bars everywhere, 
food areas everywhere, right? Hospitality areas. You know, I think it's a great place to watch a football game. I really do. Um, so, you know, hopefully people will find their way inside Snapdragon Stadium on Saturday to support the Aztecs against UCLA. Uh, Robbie, thank you. Yeah, I saw this as well. I think they have military tickets that started at either 15 or $20, which is great, obviously being here in Southern California, um, in San Diego. Um, Brent follows up saying, as a season ticket holder, I'd rather see the place packed at this point. I get it. I understand it. Um, I, I think you're going to see larger crowds coming up here for UCLA. Boise State on Friday night, um, on a Friday night coming up later in September. And then that Thanksgiving weekend game we'll see against Fresno State. But I think you got a chance to see some larger crowds um, coming up. Um, Force goes Fabio. Thank you. He wants to know why can't we have a top 40 offense and a 12 win season as well? Um, well, you know, there's a style here in which they've won, right? I mean, since Brady Hook got here in 2009, then Rocky Long took over. Look at the formula run for 200 plus yards, hold the ball for 30 plus minutes, finish plus one or better in turnovers, and they win like 99% of the time. But what has allowed them to win 10 plus games five times since 2015 is having a top 20 caliber defense basically every year since 2015. So there's a DNA here, right, of culture of physicality. They win with defense and special teams. Obviously, you can't only win with defense and special teams. And obviously, they're striving to make strides on offense as well, hence the fact that you have a brand-new offensive coordinator this year in Ryan Lindley. I think we have to be careful to fully judge what we've seen on offense. It's been two games, and you have brand-new pieces. And – it's a first-time play caller in Ryan Lindley, and you've got a returner at quarterback in Jalen Maiden, but it's not like he started 30-plus games in college. He started seven last year, and he started two this year. He's made nine collegiate starts, and there's still 10-plus games to go in 2023. I think there's a lot of room for growth still in 2023. Not that it'll be a straight line. It will not be easy, especially these next four weeks. Let's see what kind of gains they can make over the next four weeks, whether it's this weekend against UCLA on the road in Corvallis will not be easy, but back home for Boise State on the road against Air Force. So let's be careful not to completely grade or judge based on two weeks. And I'm talking about all areas, offense, defense, special teams. Everything's a work in progress. Brady Hoke said it post game. They need to get better in a lot of areas. Rich Ornberger, who's on the call with Ted Leitner, always says this because he played you know, in college and in the NFL. It's a lot better to have teachable moments coming out of a win than it is out of a loss. And San Diego State, you could say, has has had that in each of the first two games. Ohio wasn't perfect, held on for a 20 to 13 win. There was a lot of room for improvement. So they were able to go back to the drawing board, teachable moments. Idaho State, same thing. This wasn't just a laugher, 45-0, 45-7 type game. You're going to be able to get the attention of your team very quickly by turning on the film. Here's the other thing. San Diego State, you have to assume Saturday against the Bruins is going to play up, right? It, and again, it's an excuse, but let's be honest. I mean, Idaho State at home is not exactly the same opponent as UCLA at home. That doesn't excuse the performance overall, but we're all human beings, and these are college football players. Um, and when you've got UCLA on deck, you know, that's something to at least consider in terms of the way that they played. All attention is going to be on the Bruins. Nobody's looking past UCLA on Saturday. The team's, you know, the coaching staff is going to have the team's attention, and you're going to see San Diego State hopefully play to the capabilities. Will that be enough to beat UCLA? I have no idea. But I do remember in 2019 when we were at the Rose Bowl, San Diego State was no underdog that day. 
coming off a 6-0 win over Weber State. And the Aztecs put together a really complete football game led by their defense and won at 23-14. I think Matt Arise had three field goals in that game. San Diego State's defense turned over DTR a couple of times, and the Aztecs kind of cruised to that victory at the Rose Bowl. Um, Brent, thank you for commenting. He says, I just wish they'd established an identity. Um, in terms of 2023, we'll see what the identity is, but six interceptions in two weeks I think is a very promising start for the defense because they weren't turning over opponents at this rate a year ago. That was like a bugaboo a little bit for the Aztecs last year that they were nowhere near the plus minus they wanted to be. And I forget what the overall plus minus was. I think at some point in the off season, I, I saw something that they were minus five, but then I thought I heard someone say maybe they were plus two last year, whatever it was, it wasn't good enough because the Aztecs with this defense are capable of being, you know, plus 10 defense this year. So far they're plus two. They were even, Yesterday, that's nowhere near good enough. They had three turnovers yesterday. Now, one of them a Hail Mary at the end of the first half kind of doesn't count, completely inconsequential. So you could argue they were plus one. But against an FCS opponent, you have to be plus one or better. And they want to be plus one or better every single time they play because they know that um, when they're plus one, they win. I forget what the number is. I want to say when San Diego State forces more turnovers than their opponent, they've won 17 consecutive games. So that's a pretty good track record, and they win something like 90 95% of the time under Brady Hoke when they're plus one or better. Sam, what's going on? Thank you. He says, dope San Diego State pod. Yes, thank you guys for hanging out. He says he loves the uh, watermark. I appreciate you saying that, Sam. Really do. Again, if you're here, appreciate your willingness uh, to subscribe. Um, and then Tom says, I just can't help to think how dangerous they'd be if we had a more potent offense throughout all these years. You know, I understand it. We're in a period of time where for the last, you know, better part of 15 seasons since 2009, so whatever the math is there, 14 seasons, whatever it is, San Diego State is having like it's winning its winning a stretch since Don Coriel, right, over the last decade plus. And they've done it with defense, and they've done it with elite special teams and a potent kicking game and an offense that typically does not turn the football over a lot. So it's different. Right. They, they don't do it the way that, you know, UCF was winning, you know, five years ago in the group of five. But San Diego State has been able to carve out a DNA and a style. And this is how they've won. And I think you need to be patient. I think we need to be patient with the new play caller in Ryan Lindley. And let's see how he recruits the system as well. It's not to say they have every piece in place to begin 2023 with a brand new OC and replacing, again, Jesse Matthews and Tyrell Shavers and others from that offense uh, just a year ago. Um, Michael, thank you again. He says, in looking ahead to the UCLA game, UCLA has played just one game. They squeaked by Coastal Carolina. What does UCLA have to beat the Aztecs? Um, what do they have to do to beat the Aztecs? The one thing I would say, when I think back on these two games that the Aztecs have played so far this year, and this has always been the case, I think, in recent years, you have to stay within arm's reach. You do not want to fall behind by two scores. That takes you out of the team that you want to be, specifically on offense. So you want to get off to a good start. If UCLA gets in scoring position, hold them to field goal attempts, right? Hold them in the red zone. If you fall behind, don't fall behind by more than a score. Be good in special teams. Be opportunistic. Pick up a turnover or two. I think there were two interceptions thrown last night by Ethan Garbers and or uh, Dante Moore, the five-star recruit, the true freshman for UCLA. So be opportunistic. 
offensively, let's see if they can show balance and open it up a little bit in the pass game against the Bruins. Um, but this will not be easy, obviously. UCLA is a fringe top 25 team, um, a team that has improved, I think, steadily under Chip Kelly. I think they're vastly improved from 2019 when San Diego State went to the Rose Bowl and won 23-14. So this won't be easy. This will require San Diego State playing closer to its best to be in this game and have a chance to beat the Bruins on Saturday. With that being said, it's more than a possibility. They're not some 30-point dog. Um, we'll see where it closes. I think it actually opened as a nine-point line. It's trended up closer to 12 or 13 points. But even a 12 or 13-point line doesn't say that it's an impossibility. Um, look at games this weekend. There were a number of games this weekend where a double-digit dog won outright, including Texas State over Baylor. Um, there were a number of group of five teams that won over Power Five teams, Fresno State over Purdue, Northern Illinois over Boston College. I think there were four or five total group of five over Power Five. So this is not like something that would be unprecedented. And San Diego State only has one all-time win against the Bruins. It was in 2019. Um, I think it's going to be a very good game. I think if San Diego State plays to their ability, um, I think it's going to be a very, very good game. And uh, Force Ghost Fabio says he will take the points. Um, what else, guys? Probably have another 10 minutes or so if you have anything you want to weigh in on in the chat. Um, again, John Schaefer with you. I, you know, I started this channel in the summer and I started for Aztec fans. So this is going to be, you know, year round Aztec discussion, not each and every day, but each and every week. We're breaking down football games, breaking down basketball games. This is for San Diego State fans, you know, because I feel sometimes as if, um, and I've always felt this way since moving to San Diego about seven years ago, that. Sometimes there's not enough discussion around Aztec athletics. And if you know me and if you followed my content at John Schaefer on social media, nobody likes talking more about San Diego State than I do. Um, I really do. And since I've been here, um, they win in all sports, right? They win in football. Uh, they win, obviously, in men's basketball, getting to a national championship. I just thought it was the right time to do something on YouTube for San Diego State fans. So if you are looking for something like that, if you want to support the work I'm doing um, day in and day out on the radio here on YouTube as well. Would really appreciate it if you were willing to subscribe. Uh, smash the like button for me as well. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Um, additional takeaways from this win. Again, Jalen made 132 rush yards, two rushing touchdowns. That is a school record for most rushing yards in a game by a San Diego State quarterback. You saw Martin Blake and Jalen Armstead both have success on the ground, although Armstead did turn it over, fumble for a second consecutive week. Kenny Christian, 40 rush yards. The defense with the three interceptions. Um, you know, the, the area in which you need to improve on the penalties, 14 of them for over 130 yards. And then when San Diego State, you know, got a two-score lead, they, they just couldn't get a stop to make it a three-score lead. It was too close for comfort. Make no mistake. I'm sure Brady will, will say that on his coach's show coming up Wednesday in his press conference, which I believe will be Tuesday. I'm sure he'll say it's too close for comfort. I'm sure when he watches the film, he'll have a lot of areas of improvement. Um, so we'll see. What do they take away from a win against an FCS team that won just one game a year ago in Idaho State? And how do they put themselves in a position to be better coming up Saturday? against UCLA. Robbie, thank you. He says the defensive line hasn't looked good in the first two games. I think that'll really hurt the Aztecs in this next four-game stretch. I want to say they had two sacks, two sacks this past weekend against Idaho State. Um, you know, you'd prefer for that number to obviously be higher. Um, let me see here. I'm going to try to find defensive stats from this past weekend. 
Um, yeah. So this past weekend, Cody Moon had a sack. He's had a big couple of games for the Aztecs. Garrett Fountain had a sack as well. So, yeah, a couple of sacks, um, three tackles for losses in this game. But you got a defensive line, too. When we talk about, hey, we want to see improvement from this offense, and I said, hey, give it time, I would say the same thing about the defensive line. You, get, you kind of trust Kurt Maddox and Brady Hoke to get it right with the defensive line, um, replacing so much, right? Keyshawn Banks and the Tavai brothers from that defensive line. I mean, you're turning over huge pieces, massive pieces from 2022. I think they're rotating in more bodies this year. They're using six, seven, eight guys on that defensive line. Um, as we'll see if, you know, three or four or five players do emerge. I think that might take a little bit more time. But, you know, I trust them to get this defensive line right, so to speak. And then I think the secondary is the strength with the six INTs. You put a ball in the air anywhere near an Aztec defender in the secondary, and they're like ball hawks. I mean, they're going off for these things like the receivers coming down with them almost every single time they've had an opportunity. Uh, linebacker play, I think, has been good. So I think on the whole, yeah, 28 points allowed is is too many against Idaho State. That, that's fair. Um, but just 13 points by Ohio. And if if the 103-yard um, return for Marcus Ratcliffe wouldn't have been negated, it would have been six points for Ohio. Um, so, yeah, they've allowed 41 points in two games. It's probably a tick too high. Let's see what they do this weekend against UCLA. Um, T-Fuel, thank you, man. Thank you. He says, John, you're fantastic. That's very kind. I appreciate you saying that. He says, however, we want you and need you more than once a week on YouTube. I appreciate it, man. My schedule, dude, um, if you guys follow along, and this is kind of a, a new venture for me. I've kind of added to it. But you guys know I do like a Padres wrap-up show almost every night, like six days a week, five or six days a week, also on YouTube. I have my radio show from three to six. I do pregame for football. I do pre-half and post for San Diego State basketball. I'm doing some high school football this year um, on television right now. So I stay pretty busy. I have a wife and a four-year-old. Um, so it's a bit of a balancing act and a juggling act. So it can be, I mean, I love doing it. I'm passionate about it. I wish I could do it more. I really do. I wish I could do it more. Um, I'm sure there'll be times over the course of the year we're doing it multiple times a week. Um, right now I'm probably going to be doing it weekly. Once we get into basketball, I'm sure I'll be doing it multiple times a week, but T fuel, I appreciate you saying that. I really do. Um, because I, I mean, I'm passionate about this stuff. I consume it 24 hours a day other than the time I'm sleeping and spending time with my wife and, and my four-year-old, but I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, we'll ease our way into it here on the wrap up show. And if you're looking for more Aztec content, please listen uh, San Diego Sports 763 to 6 weekdays. Um, we have Aztec guests near every day. We talk San Diego State football and basketball near every day as well on San Diego Sports 760 from 3 to 6 p.m. All right. So, a couple of things before we get out of here. Again, hope to see you Saturday. Please swing by and say hello. I do pregame uh, two hours out from Aztec Village area, is where we're going to be against UCLA. I think we're moving our setup to the Aztec Village. Um, so join us from 2.30 to 4.30 pregame coverage. Come up, say hello. We'd love to see you. Just wave, say hi. Um, if we're at a break or just wave it if we're on the air, um, I'll make sure to uh, say hello if I'm able to do it during the broadcast. So we'll be out from 2.30 to 4.30. I'm always joined by J.R. Tolver. And then kickoff just after 4.30 on Saturday from Snapdragon Stadium. Pretty big-time opponent here in San Diego, UCLA. The Bruins will be here on Saturday. Huge opportunity for San Diego State. Can they get to 3-0? by taking down the Bruins. We'll be talking about it all week long. San Diego Sports 760 from 
three to six. And uh, we hope you join us for that. And we hope uh, to catch up with you this weekend as well on the radio. And then I'll have another wrap up show for you coming up next weekend or uh, early next week as well. Again, if you're here, please subscribe. Also, if you click the link in the description down below, if you want to listen to the podcast only edition of the wrap up show, which is the video, but just the audio, because let's say you're driving or you're working out or you're on a walk. If you just want the audio only edition, you can click that link in the description down below. Again, if you've been here tonight, live or on replay, would really appreciate it if you do subscribe here on content for Aztec fans. Smash the like button for me. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Aztecs over the Bengals, 36-28. We'll get you ready all week long for San Diego State, UCLA. And until next time, my name is John Schaefer, and you've been watching The Wrap-Up Show. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.